get to the money. Welcome to another episode of Drinking After Dark, a podcast where we have random discussions while having a few drinks. As always, drink responsibly. And you can follow Drinking After Dark podcast on Instagram and on Facebook. Tonight, I have a very, very special guest with me. He is an Austin P legend and former NBA player. Welcome to the podcast, Bubba Wells. What's going on? Oh, nothing much. How you doing? Enjoying this beautiful day today. Hey, man, it felt great today. It did. I was sitting outside and I almost forgot that I had to do this podcast with you. That's how good it felt. <laughs> oh, yeah, no doubt. I was just sitting out back and, uh, uh, you know, smoking on me a little cigar, sitting back chilling and letting the, and with no hair. I was letting the wind blow through my no hair, okay? I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Bubba Wells, man, let the people know what you're drinking on tonight. Hey, I'm I'm tonight. I am drinking on me a little bit of Blanton's bourbon. Uh, you know, like when I go out back and like to uh, uh, smoke my cigar, or whatever. I like to drink a little bourbon, so uh, I got a couple bottles of Blanton's. So I'm drinking on a little Blanton's bourbon right now, and uh, and uh, just like sitting out back, enjoying the day, and and I had to come in because. My neighbors got two little dogs, and they come out there, and I didn't want them to be barking in the background. I hear that. <laughs> and as always, I'm drinking on that Crown Vanilla and Dr. Pepper cream soda. Uh-huh. I you mean, like I, you like that Crown Vanilla? Oh, I love it. <laughs> oh, okay. man. Um, at my last job at our Christmas party, you know, that's what I got. One of my coworkers got me a bottle of Crown Vanilla. I never had it before. Uh-huh. I've always been, you know, the regular crown and the um crown apple. You're right. But I right. never had the crown vanilla and I tried it for the first time on Christmas Eve. Uh-huh. I mixed it with a uh, root beer float and it was just amazing. Really? That's, I mean, that's, I, a, that's a mix I've never heard. Yeah, actually I saw the recipe online. Uh-huh. Somebody put it up on Facebook and they had a picture of it. I was like, I'm going to try that. And I tried it. My wife tried it. And I'm telling you, it was a great, great Christmas Eve that night. Okay. Okay. I, I was bet it was. Sitting there watching our favorite Christmas movies and <laughs> having that. It was it was just fun, though. So if you haven't tried it, you need to go ahead and try it. Do the mixture. And I'm guaranteeing you, you're going to love it. Yeah, you might have to text me uh, what it is and how, how many parts of this and how many parts. Or you just mix it to your taste or whatever it is. Just shoot me a text with it. I got you. I got you. Okay. All right. So, uh, Bubba Wells, man, let the people know a little bit about yourself, man. Where you from, and and stuff like that. How you got into basketball and stuff like that. Well, um, 
I am a country boy. Uh, my name is, it's not Bubba, of course, it's Charles, but everybody knows me as Bubba. Uh, but I'm from uh, the big city of Russellville, Kentucky. You know, I'm always going to represent the Ville, uh, RVK as we call it. Uh, I I'm, I'm, uh, was raised uh, a little different, you know, raised in the projects uh, during school and summer times I got shipped to the farm. I had to go to my grandparents and and uh, uh, work in the tobacco farms and uh, uh, I, I really appreciate that. That just kind of gives me a, you know, show me how to work and, you know, I still love doing outdoor work and things like that and uh, it was just pretty good, you know, living with my grandparents in the, in the, in the, in the summertime. You know, I did go back. I didn't really didn't really play a lot of summer sports unless it was at the park or what have you. I know it's a lot of AAU, but I never played it. I had to work, and uh, my granddad made me work. And he told me to uh, pick out something that I'd want, and then at the end when he sells his tobacco, he'd go buy it. So, you know, that's how I used to get my go-karts or whatever like that. And I probably started working at about 10, 11 years old out there with him. So uh been working for a long time, and – and then after the fact, he told me, he was like, the reason why I brought you out here and worked you the way that I did is because I don't want you to do what I did growing up. I want you to go to college. So, um, and I told myself, once I get to college, I ain't coming back out here. You know, it was, <laughs> it was a hard, I mean, a lot of people think their job is hard, but no, out there in 100 degrees and uh, climbing up in that barn, hanging tobacco and cutting tobacco and chopping out and putting suck oil on. I mean, I was like, I got to get to college. I cannot do this for the rest of my life. So that helped me out and it gave me a drive to try to do right. And, um, and also uh, with the with the basketball, I didn't really start playing basketball until like the seventh, eighth grade. I, mean, I was football and baseball growing up during school. Okay. Uh, and uh, uh, pretty good at, at both of them. Didn't didn't take it too serious. And then when basketball come, you know, like I tell people they don't believe me, but I was like shortest guy on the team my seventh and eighth grade year, you know. So I ended up growing. Went from uh, my freshman year, I was like five eight. Five nine point guard, and then my sophomore year, I ended up being like six three, six four. Wow! So I went from I went from the point to the post. So, you know, so I was able to, uh, you know, still handle the ball solidly and, and make decisions because I was a point guard for those couple of years, and and it helped me out on the, you know, when I got to uh, college and things and learned how to play the game. The IQ was a little bit better. Um, also that, you know, I ended up growing a little bit more and, you know, things happened and uh, got a college, uh, got got a lot of uh, a lot of people don't understand. I, I committed to Tennessee a, and then coach Wade Houston, which was Allen Houston, that he wasn't going to come back. They weren't going to renew his contract. So uh, he told me you can come if you want, but I don't know who's going to be the coach. So I opened it back up. So I had Western Kentucky, Southern Miss, um, Austin P, and I was 
you know, I was going to go to Western Kentucky and then like everybody that I graduated from went to Western, I was tired of them. So I went to Austin P. That's the only reason why I got it. <laughs> <laughs> and Coach Gaskin, he wasn't, he never coached me a day, uh, but we still kind of keep in touch a little bit. But he, he recruited me. He was the first to see me. Um, and, and then uh, I ended up going to Austin P. and, uh, had a little leg injury in the, my freshman year, red shirt, and came back and, you know, freshman year and then ended up, you know, growing and getting some weight on me. And I grew probably about two inches in college as well. So, you know, it kind of helped me out a lot. And, um, you know, then one thing led to another. I just worked and, you know, never really did all the training stuff. I just played basketball, go to the park, play with the older guys and, and um, I never, I never really did one-on-one -on -one training on any of that. You know, I just hooped. You know, that was basically what I did. And uh, you know, I was blessed. I, and like I tell my guys on my, you know, I coach now at Southern Illinois Edwardsville, and I just tell them, they was like, man, how did you average so many? And I, I just tell them, man, I had a gift. Man, God gave me a gift. And I really didn't have to work hard at it. You know, it was just a gift and to score the ball. Um, uh, but I think a lot of that contributed to the feel of the game. You know, I just had a good feel and, uh, I knew who I was. A lot of these kids try to do things they can't do. I just kept it simple, did what I did well. I probably didn't have number four or five moves, but they were good moves. You know? Right. So, uh, you know, I still love going to the country. My grandmother, uh, still lives out there and, uh, it's just my quiet time. I love it. I go cut grass. You know, I love cutting my grass. I have a lady across the street that uh, she need her hedges or something. Cut. I do. I just love being outdoors, you know. And right. I like I said, man. I've been I've been blessed coming from you know Russellville, where it's more cows than people probably. So you know, uh, it, it it has been a, a good thing, and I'm still in the basketball. You know, I've been coaching now. This will be my 17th year coaching Division One basketball. So you know, I've been really blessed. Wow, man, that's a that's a great story, man. I played ball too myself. Uh -huh. uh, it's always been point guard. That's the only position I played. Yeah, from okay. second from second grade all the way through high school. Uh, yeah. uh, played varsity all four years in high school. Um, like yourself, I had some looks, um, yeah. but I think because I played so much AAU ball uh -huh. from sixth grade all the way up to my twelfth grade year. Mm -hmm. I think that just kind of burned me out. And I was yeah. just like, I was just yeah. done with it. And even though, even Austin P didn't even look at me, Murray State did. Okay. They were looking at me. But at that time, I was just like, I'm I'm through. Yeah. I didn't want to play anymore. And wow. I was just tired. Well, with me, with me, like I have a daughter. She's a. She'd be a junior here at the University of Alabama playing volleyball. And uh, she was a she was a hell of a basketball player too, just an athlete, went to state, won state two years in volleyball and went to state uh championship game, maybe two years in basketball, and uh, and uh she went to, won the state in the shot put, second in the state in, in the discus, and ran the four by one hundred. Uh, in the state and track as well, and and like and, and like she used to come to work with me when I was at Austin P. and and I, I'm the type of parent that you know I don't force them 
you know, I don't try to bring my kids into the gym. It's like I got a son 10 years old now, and I've only trained him maybe one time in 10 years. You know, I don't want to force him. I want it's all about being happy. Uh, and and like I don't want him just because I play basketball to play basketball. He he's good in baseball, so I, if that's what he wants to do, that's what he does. I don't make my kids do um, uh, what they don't want to do. So like my daughter, she would bring her shoes to the gym, and I'd be like, "Hey, if you don't want to go, we ain't got to go. But you know, if we go, we're gonna work." So like every now and then, she'd be like, "Dad, let's go work." You know, so we'll work, but. I don't, I didn't force her and make her go every day just because of the fact of, um, you don't want to burn them out. You want, you don't want it to be a chore. You want it to be something that you love and do and not just think that this is what I got to do. You know, you, you do it because you love it. You don't do it because you want to be, you know, a certain way or do a certain thing. So I, I, I was just daddy, you know, and uh -huh. I wasn't trying to be, coach you know so i like i paid people to train them with the volleyball and things like that but i i didn't want to do that i separated me from being coach to daddy you know and i always wanted to be uh daddy to him so i i, I you know like with my son i have people now because my son they said he's going to be six eight my daughter's six two and uh and they said he's going to be six seven to six eight so Everybody want to train him, you know, and I said, man, he don't want to do it right now. He'll do it when he gets ready. But, you know, right. he, you know, I, I mean, I don't I don't want to force him to do something, you know. Um, but he, he he's he's he he he's got it. He's just a little goofy. He wears like a, almost a size nine, ten shoe in men's. And wow. Ten years old, so he's a little goofy right now. But uh, I think he's going to pick it up because I took him to camp you know, at my school and at the first of the week he hated and toward the end, he didn't want to leave. So, you know, it was one of those things. And, uh, you know, I just, I just think that, you know, when he's ready, he's, he's going to be ready. And uh, I think he's got what it takes, you know, to be pretty solid. It just, just needs some work, you know, and I, I don't believe in like people training my kids real early. You know, I just, I just don't, you know, because, I feel you train them a certain type of way and that's what they get, you know, uh, let them, let them become the player that they are and then fine tune it. That's just how I thought I, you know, I was, you know, I knew who I was, but they fine tuned it, but don't make me into a player that I'm not, you know, so don't make me into player. Like you can't train everybody the same. You can't train me like they train you, you know what right. I'm saying? So I'm just a firm believer in let them become who they are and get their identity and then fine tune their identity, you know? So that's just the way I believe. And, you know, it worked for me. So, and it worked for a lot of people, you know, we didn't get all that one-on-one -on -one training like they do now, you know, but no, you know, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't do that. Now I don't, I don't, I'm not saying it's bad, but let them be who they are first and then, you know, work, work with them. You know, that's just how I believe in it. Yeah. I kind of agree. Cause my first sport I played was baseball and I played two positions of, pitcher and left field mm -hmm. I played that for a few years and I actually loved it and then I when I picked up basketball I just loved that more mm -hmm. and as time went on like you said to start to become a chore mm -hmm. it's like I, I had to do it that's what people right. expected me to do so that's what I was doing mm -hmm. and like I said that's what kind of just burned me out because I yeah. wanted to, I wanted to play in college honestly but mm -hmm. I'm like do I am I having fun doing this do I have the mm -hmm. same love for the game I really don't. So it was, 
I just I still went to college. I still graduated from Austin P. Uh-huh. And you know, I still watch the game. I still I still love it as from a fan standpoint. I'll play uh, when I get a chance to play, but that that same loyalty to playing the game wasn't there for me anymore. And mentally, I was just done mm-hmm. doing yeah. all of that. So, yeah, I understand. Like my daughter, she she thought that I would be upset with her because she didn't want to play basketball anymore. And, you know, she had, like, Vanderbilt looking at her for basketball. She's a high academic kid, so she had, like, Vandy looking at her, a lot of mid-majors, and um, and she was just an athlete, you know what I mean? Like, she had what you probably couldn't teach, you know, and a lot of teams saw that. But when she started playing volleyball, I was like, well, you need to give up his basketball you know i could right see, you know yeah. i could see it so like i you know it was fine she was like well i didn't think that you would want me to quit playing basketball i said you need to just do what you do and you love you know and she ended up doing it and she was gatorade player of the year in the state of tennessee and and uh she she was like as a freshman at alabama she was uh like top one or two three freshmen in the sec and then she was all freshman team and and then last year with the COVID hit, you know, they had like three or four girls opt out. So they didn't have a great year, but she was still all SEC academic, you know, like right. know, she didn't stop. So, and I, you know, I just push her, you know, and the only thing that I taught my kids, her really early, if you're going to do it, do it a hundred percent, give it all you got good things to happen. So she, she's taking that. And I mean, like she is a competitor. I was a competitor, but she like way more competitive than I was, you know, and uh, and I and I and I that's what I preach to her growing up. Like, don't worry about how many points you get. Just play as hard as you can. You know, help the team win in different ways if you're not scoring. So that she she did a good job of that. Right, definitely. Uh, man, I could tell in your voice you're definitely from the country, man. Because uh, <laughs> I like I got some family. I have some family that's from Russellville. Oh yeah. Yeah, my uncle okay. and uh, my cousin. They're from yeah. Russellville, and. Oh, um, yeah. I I hear it in their voices and I can hear it in yours, so it's kind of like crazy right. to me. I I hear that and I'm oh, so yeah. used to it, you know, right. especially being from Clarksville. So it's like it all sounds the same to me. Right, right, right. You, you know, know my dad, my dad, my dad. He's lived in Guthrie, damn near my whole life, you know. So I'm I was back and forth from Guthrie to Russellville whenever I went spend some time with him. Uh, so I knew a lot of the guys that went to Northeast, you know, basically. They, right. they were in Guthrie, but they went to Northeast, you know. Yeah. Zoned a little bit. That zoning in Guthrie was a little different. So, like Monty and, and Terrence and Ter- uh, Tyron and all them, I, I knew them growing up, you know, so they were a little younger than me, but uh, I've been, I've been, uh, I've been around those guys, you know, and man and, you know, and Ant and all those guys. So, I, I've, I've just been, you know, fortunate to wear you know, I was able to, you know, be able to be around a lot of good guys and a lot of good guys that cared. And, you know, they knew when I was trying doing well, they knew the ones that wasn't doing great, you know, and doing things they probably shouldn't have been doing. They understood and respected me and, you know, they they, they were pulling for me, you know. So, you know, I had I had a lot of people on my side and I, and I just felt I didn't want to let them down. Hey, that's what's up. Yeah. So let's uh let's talk about the journey to the NBA, man. How uh-huh. when did you know that the NBA was like a uh, a reality? Well, 
you know, like here's the deal, you know, like and I and I like a lot of these kids now, like and I've been coaching, like I said, for 17 years. A lot of these kids go to uh and I have videos like I was on the Today Show and the CBS at the half where they come and, and, and when I was at Austin P. And a lot of kids now they they go to school saying I want to go to the NBA. You know, I want to go to the NBA. I never was like that. I, I went to college like, hey, I need to get my degree because I'd be like the first in my family and my immediate family to get that degree. So that was what I I was really zoned out and really trying to do. And if the NBA happened, it happened. But I wasn't, you know, I, I got better each year. You know, a lot of these kids that – you know, they get to train and a lot of times, you know, like some some people just got the gift, you know, like the it factor. You right. Know, you know, you know, they're going to go before they even get older, you know, or like seniors or whatever. But I I can say maybe I was freshman of the year in the OVC and then my sophomore year, I made it to the championship game and I played pretty soft. I could say and then I started working at the. I got invited to work the Nike All-American camps, me, Tim Duncan, Vince Carter. So I was thinking, well, they invited me here to work the camp and then get training by NBA scouts that maybe I have something going, you know. I, I'm just a country boy, man. You know, I didn't look at it like that until, well, okay. And I worked the Nike All-American camp two years in a row. Um, and then, you know, we, then I worked the Shooting Stars cam with me, Vince Carter, Ace Custis, uh, Tim, Tim, Tim Duncan, who was the number one pick in my draft. Uh, so we all just worked camps and, you know, and uh, ended up taking and thinking, well, maybe I got a chance and uh, ended up my junior year. I could have left out. Uh, Portland was going to draft me first round. But it was like next to the last pick, and um, and I'm thinking to myself, man, I only, I only need 12 hours to graduate, you know, right? Because so, I knew if I'd, you know, I'm not I'm not making an excuse, but like I I had get my degree, and then I also was like, okay, you know, because we made it to the uh, NCAA tournament my junior year. Me and Steph Marbury, I can remember it like it was yesterday. Me and we played Georgia Tech. Me and Steph was he was a freshman. And uh, he was asking me, you leaving? Uh, uh, I don't know, man. You leaving? I don't know. I'm going to tell you. And Steph would be like, I'm going to tell you how it depends on how well we do in this tournament, you know. And we played them well. I think they beat us by six or seven points. And they were ACC, like maybe the tournament champs. I mean, we played them really, really well. Uh, but, you know, I was thinking Portland's going to take me here. And if I come back next year, have a great year, you know, I can move on up to the top inside the top 15 to 20, you know, possibly, you know. So um, I came back and then I ended up breaking my leg my senior year. You know, I had, I had a steel rod put in my leg. So I have them in both legs now. Okay. And, uh, so um, it, it you know, it kind of knocked me out. Atlanta up until the like I was at my dad's house, we had a draft party and and I knew I was going to get drafted, but, you know, I didn't know when. But I did have three or four good workouts in Atlanta. Um, I had a good workout at Sacramento, and then I had one for Dallas as well. So 
up until draft day, even during even when the draft started and Lionel was taking me with their like 21st pick or something like that, even though I missed like 12, 15 games in my senior year or something like that. Um, and then they called me during the draft with the draft with the, their doctors. And I was just sitting out in the car. I didn't even want to watch the draft. I was sitting out in the car and chilling outside with my brothers, you know. So, um, and then they told me, hey, our doctors decided that they didn't know the longevity of you with two steel rods in your legs. But Dallas is going to take you with their first pick in the second second round if we don't take you. So I was like, okay. So, And then I failed to, like, uh, Dallas, their first pick in the second round. And, uh, you know, but they gave me a multi-year deal. So, you know, usually second rounders only get one year. So they gave me a multi-year deal. So I I, I was blessed with that. And Don Nelson, he kind of was okay with me. And uh, and he he, he kind of, uh, he worked me out. And it, it was a pretty good, pretty good situation for me. So can't be bad, you know, can't be mad and like that. Yeah, but just injuries, you know, like, you know, right. injuries just – kept coming. I tore my Achilles and, you know, so then after that, I just went overseas. I went to Greece first. I played in uh, Athens. Uh, it was okay. Experience was nice, lovely. And if you ever want to go on a good vacation, take your wife somewhere beautiful, man. Greece is like one of the tops I've ever, I've been to a lot of countries, but like Greece is like unbelievably, you know, it's like nice. So, um, but you know, I left Greece and then I played in the Philippines for like four seasons. So uh, it was it was it was great. I loved the Philippines. You played one game a week, made you know you know it was good money too. You know back then, so it, it, I couldn't complain. You know, and then when the war started, kind I didn't want to go back and forth overseas. So I joined the uh, Globe Trotters with the competition team i wasn't in the show you know do the show stuff much you know i just did the competition well we traveled and played like exhibition games with top colleges okay you know so it was like me said sabalas we was a lot of most mostly nba guys you know so we i did that for like two years and then after that i got into coaching so it, it, it was good it was a blessing you know i was probably able to see go to 20 20 countries you know just traveling and you know with the globe trotters and then playing overseas we traveled a lot so uh it was a blessing for me little country boy never been anywhere never i didn't never fly anywhere until um my freshman year in college you know so it's just it's just been just been a blessing for me and still to this day it's a blessing still to have something to do with basketball you know i hear that man uh your journey, man, is is really fascinating, man. You was you were able to travel with yeah. basketball and get to experience different cultures and things like that. I think um, I might I might check out you know Greece one day if my wife wants to go. She's <laughs> pretty she pretty much the boss, so wherever she wants to do, well, I'll just I, be I don't like flying that far, man. I used to fly like I tell people, man. I go. When I was going to the Philippines, man, they they put me on a flight from Detroit to Nagoya, Japan, uh, and I told them, man, it's like fourteen hours in the air. Oh no! They ever put me on that flight again, man? I said, I said that. I said, fly me to L.A. 
and let me go to LAX and then fly to Japan and then go to the Philippines. Philippines ain't number like an hour and a half flight from there, but but like just getting there, like from LA, it was about nine, nine and a half hours. But like 13, 14 hours in there is miserable, you know, it's miserable, man. I don't want to do that. <laughs> no, I didn't like, like with my wife, she'd be like, let's go here. When you, I'm not flying over five hours. You know, if I've, I'm not doing it. I said, you can take your girl or whatever, your cousin or whatever. I'm not flying to, to there. I'm not flying too far no more. I just, I, I think I burned out because I did it so much. And like those long flights, they're, 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 they're over 10 hours in the air is miserable. I mean, it, it is. But, you know, I, if she wants to go, I, you know, I'm right. Go. You know what I'm saying? I might have to go, but Gotta I don't want to. Got to keep them happy, I guess. I guess, you know, but (laughs) (laughs) hey, them flights, you know, I did go to Hawaii about two years ago, I guess, but you know, but like, I'm okay with flying to LA, staying the night and then getting up and flying again, you know, I'm okay with that. Okay. You know, but I don't want to do it all in one day, you know, anymore. Got you. You know, so, you know, it ain't bad. Well, since you're in coaching now, you've been coaching for 17 years in uh, Division One. Um, recently, you know, some rules have been changed, uh-huh. especially regarding athletes uh, making money off their image. Right. How do you feel about that? And what do you uh, what what's some of the uh, details about the rules that some people probably don't know? Uh-huh. And how how does that affect? you know, not only the bigger schools, but also the smaller schools? Well, I, you know, honestly, I think those rules, rules was put in for the majors, you know, the power fives, you know. I don't think it's going to be as – I don't think it's going to be on our level. I don't think it's going to be great for, like, a lot of kids. Now, local kids that have a reputation in that area, you know, they should be able to get some, you know. Like, if they would have had it, like, when I was at Austin P, because I'm from that area, you know, per se, I probably would have had something good or, like, somebody in that area. And Clarkswood is good that stays and goes to um, Austin P. I think they can benefit from it, uh, from being there. But, like, a lot of kids that are coming from other places, they're probably not gonna have you know much of that and i think it's it, it, it could be good in a way and i think it could be bad in a way i think it's always good you know try to give some kids some money um you know to play you know because these schools are making a ton of money off these kids you know so i think it you know it's good they got the cost of attendance now which is is good but you know like i said the higher levels, like in my daughter at Alabama, what they make and what we make is like, you know, totally different. You know, it's totally different. Right. Um, but I, I just think it can, and the way, the way that it, the way that it uh, can backfire is you just got to look at it sometimes. <laughs> and you can, like this, I'm gonna go to the football side of it because football, where it's at, you know, football right. is where the money's gonna be, you know. So you just look at it. You got this quarterback. He's getting he's getting this nil, and he's getting about two hundred thousand dollars a year. And you got four guys, the five guys blocking for him, and they getting five thousand. 
You know what I'm saying? They're gonna be like, man, why this dude? We protecting this dude two hundred thousand. Why are we getting five hundred? You, I mean, five thousand. You know, right? So it's just gonna be iffy, you know. And it it might come to the point to where you're gonna have to have some kind of management, you know, to help you out. You know, even though you can't do that, but it, it's it's gonna be a lot of kids taking it the wrong way. Why? Why this kid getting all this money, and why this? Why? Why am I not getting anything? You know, so uh, it could be. You know, it 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 could help in a way, and it could hurt in a way. But I I think that the kids do need a little compensation uh, for what they do because it's it's hard on. Them. I mean, like average student in college, you know, they're like, well, why the basketball? You need to come try to do what they do. You know, we have them up at seven o'clock lifting weights. Then they got class from nine to one. Then they come back at two practice. Then we got study hall in the area. You know, I mean, like they got they got full. It's like a job. You know, it is like a job. You know, we can't practice that much. You know, but like for what we have them do, like going to study hall and lifting weights, and you know, it's 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 a lot. You know, it is a lot, and and like it's different now because it's hours. Like I can remember. Back in the day, you know, man, we'd be in there three, four hours at practice. Now you can't do that. You know, mm. you only get so many, you only get 20 hours a week, you know. And then in the off season, like this summer, we only get eight hours, four in the weight room, four, four on the court. So, um, but like during the school year, you know, you, you, you can get out there on the court and, you know, you get 20 hours. So it's, um, it, it, it's a job, you know, it, it is a job. So they need to be compensated some type of way because these kids are working and they are doing a lot of other stuff. They still got to go to school too, you know, yeah. <laughs> not like a regular student, they can go to school, but here we've had, we've been the best GPA uh, in this school history with the basketball. I think we've been here like the last four to six semesters, we average like a 3.2 or 3.3 with our guys. So hey, that's yeah. pretty good right there. Yeah, it's good. You know, so it, it's been really, really good. This is more of an academic school than, you know, a lot of other schools in our league, you know, uh, you got to have good grades to kind of get in the school. So but it, it, it's good. And I just think that I just hope it don't hurt, you know, and because a lot of these kids are going to go to schools that they probably shouldn't have went to just to get the money because they knew the money was better. And then they end up transferring, you know, it's 1200 kids. It was 1200, 1300 kids in the transfer portal this year and only 800 spots. It's still 400 kids left with no scholarship right now, you know? Wow. So it's, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, it's like a gamble. You're betting on yourself a lot of times. And if you don't have nowhere to go, these kids just don't like the situation. They get in the portal thinking somebody's going to pick them up. Um, I don't, you know, a lot of them, like I said, you know, we had a kid that transferred from us from, uh, uh, UConn last year and he ended up leaving us and he's still in the portal, you know, I mean, it, it, and he's a good player. I mean, he's a good player, you know, but he's still stuck in the portal. You know, he called me on my birthday and, uh, I was just asking him what he had. He was like, coach, man, I'll be honest with you. Um, I don't. I don't have any offers, but I got a lot of people calling me, but I don't have any offers. So he, I don't know what he's going to do, you know? So that's, it's a lot of kids out there like that. And I just think that they, you know, you really got to have, and a lot of people like, well, you know, I'm not happy and, you know, I don't want to be here. And, but 
you get in that portal, you know, it's 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 rough on a lot of them, you know. And right. this kid averaged like fourteen points and six rebounds a game, you know. So he wasn't no he wasn't no bench player. He started, you know, and, and he's still he's still in the portal. Was he uh did he transfer twice? Uh-uh. He he transferred. Well, he, he like his he went to St. John's and only did like one semester well, one summer session. Then he left St. John's and went to UConn. So okay. that really didn't count. You know, that really didn't count. So he's been to us. So he can go to another Division One school. Uh, but, you know, this would be his second time. He, he wouldn't be – like, if he went somewhere else and left again, he couldn't go to another. You can only uh, transfer, like they saying right now, they're going to change the rule to, like, one time. And then if you leave again – like, if you leave again and go somewhere, you can't leave any. You can't leave and go anywhere else unless you go NAIA or down. You know, you can't go Division One. Gotcha. You can't transfer twice and go down. You know, you had to go down. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I didn't know that rule, but yeah. now you broke it down, I could see. Because I see all the transfer portals and stuff on ESPN. I'm like, all right. this And it's on, like, basketball and football. They all yeah. transferring out. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. It was kind of um, – it's kind of funny you brought up on the football side because Nick Saban talked about it how his quarterback is getting this money. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was wondering, it, it was kind of, he, he was just trying to figure out how it's going to affect his locker room. Mm-hmm. You know, you got right. the quarterback and, you know, in football, the quarterback usually gets paid the most. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah. a lot of guys probably understood that. Yeah. And then, you know, you break it down. It's usually like the left tackle. They probably get paid more than running back. You know, uh-huh. the, the defensive ends or linebackers or corners, right. uh, stuff like that. So football breakdown is kind of different from basketball. It's right. basically the uh, best player on basketball get paid the most money. Right. Like football, they uh, they pay on position. Right. And, it, which, and it's like with the football, you got to look at it here like with us. Okay. Like if we go play, let's say we go play Wisconsin this year in basketball. They'll pay us a hundred thousand dollars to come play them. Mm-hmm. Let's just say that if we had, we don't have a football team here. Let's just say we had a football team here, and we go play Tennessee. They give them a million dollars. So that just shows you how much money <laughs> in the yeah is from football to basketball. And a hundred thousand is good, you know. Usually from seventy five thousand to a hundred thousand is usually what we get for a guaranteed game going playing somebody that pay us to come. But in football, you're going to get four hundred thousand to a million dollars. So that just shows you the type of money that football generates, you know. So there's and no comparison between basketball and football. None. Football, all of these rules were put in for football. We just piggybacking. You know? Okay. So football, football's a driving force. Everything like Texas, and I was talking to my daughter today. Texas and Oklahoma's going to the SEC. Yeah, I heard that. I saw it on ESPN. I was like, oh, as soon as that rule changed, I know. Because I remember, remember, you know, SEC is good foot, but it's all football driven. It's all football, yeah. It's all football driven. You know, it ain't got nothing about basketball, but it's all football driven. And she said, well, Dad, I'll be gone when they switch over because it's like 2025, something like that when they come over. Right. So she was like, I'll be out of college by then, uh, maybe being a grad assistant or somewhere, something like that. But, uh, But she was like, 
I'll be gone, but they are coming over. They done made it a rule where that they're they're gonna switch over and it'll be full time twenty twenty five, I think that's what she told me. So wow. but it's it's football driven. You know, yeah. football like if, if like how uh Middle Tennessee State was in the OVC when I played. Uh-huh. The football team was pretty good. So when they moved to the it was the only reason why they moved the football was was good, but like the basketball was okay in the OVC, but Football wanted to move where there's the money, and they they bumped up to one A. So they had to move conferences because you couldn't have the basketball. They had to move over to basketball as well. So that was football driven for Middle Tennessee State to leave the OVC. Yeah, it was kind of funny though because I remember um, I don't know what year it was around 2010 or something like that, uh, 2008 2009. I remember Missouri moved to the SEC, right, and right. I knew it was football driven because that's pretty much like a football school uh-huh. anyway. And right. I remember when they came to the SEC and that first year they struggled because all the players, they were fit for the conference they were in. They had to adjust right to the, to the speed of the SEC. Oh yeah. Cause you know, that's, that's pretty much. NFL. Yeah. That's NFL right there pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, they had uh, to adjust. Yeah. You know, especially they're recruiting too. So, uh-huh. you know, you had to get the players that were meant to play in that particular conference, especially going against the Alabamas and the Auburns and the Floridas and, and uh, you know, the Tennessees and all those schools as well established in the conference. Yeah. So I I pretty much agree with you on that because I'm a – I watch college football. Uh-huh. I, watch, yeah. I watch NFL too. I'm a football. Time. I'm a football fan. I mean, I, that that was my favorite sport growing up. I just switched over, but I still love watching football. I can I, I see what's going on in football just like I do in basketball. You know, I just love I love watching some football. But I I, I think that this is what's going to happen with that, and this is what I heard. Now I don't know if it's true or not, but I heard through the grapevine. You know, we've been out on the road recruiting, and I had a couple coaches tell me he was like, "Man, I'm hearing that Kansas." For everybody that they sign on the basketball, they're gonna give them a hundred thousand to two hundred thousand. Golly! So it's gonna be so like you're gonna have these other schools be like they're gonna get two hundred. I need to get two fifty, you know. So it's just gonna kind of be a bidding, a bidding war. war. Yeah, it's gonna be a bidding war. Is what I'm thinking, but I don't, I, I don't know if it's true or not. But hey, hey. It might be, you know. So, but it, it, it's it's it, it's crazy. It's gonna get it's gonna get cutthroat out here. These guys are gonna be getting recruited by Duke, and now you know, like Duke and 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 Kentucky and all of them. You know, they don't really, you know, them coaches. They can just go in there with a Kentucky shirt on to get a player. You know, they, right? They got to grind it out. But now they're gonna have to grind it out if 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 it's if it's that if that right there is gonna be in. The, and and something in the works, so you know they're gonna have to grind it out and get some players. But you know, I, I, it, it's gonna be interesting. You know, it's gonna be interesting. And I think football, because those guys got to stay three years. You know, basketball you can leave in one year. Uh huh. So it's gonna make it's gonna make uh, basketball those top tier guys and one and done guys. They're gonna. I think they're going to go to the highest bidder because they know they're going first round anyway, you know? Right. And so I think whoever give them the most money, that's where they're going to be. You know, that's just, I think that's just how it is. And it'd be hard for me to tell my son, 
Uh, you're going to go here to Austin P, but Vanderbilt going to give him 190000 You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's going to be really hard to do that. It's going to be hard to do that, you know. So, you know, it it, it just depends, you know. And, and, and I see parents, you know, because basketball is an inner city school and a lot of the single parents and no parents don't have much. Right. So, it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be kind of cutthroat. Yeah, it's it's gonna get to that point. I can already see it. Well, look, we got about five minutes left of the podcast. Okay. I just want to um, ask you uh, real quick uh, about the NBA Finals, man. Bucks and Suns, man. How did you feel about the finals, and how do you feel about Giannis that entire series? Well, I'm, uh, I was, you know, me and my brother, we argue about a lot of things about basketball. Is one of them, and. And I knew when the Nets got those injuries that Milwaukee would be the te- I think they would be the team to beat. Now, if the Nets would have won and they would have got healthy, I think they would have ran through Phoenix as well. But I like the Greek freak, but he won me over in that finals. He did. Because I look at it and I tell people, I said, if that would have been LeBron or Somebody with what hit happened to his knee, yeah, they would, he would have shut it. They would have shut it down. You know, this guy came back and got forty and fifty points. I'm like, this dude really wants it, and he he is a old school. He's like, hey, it's the difference between being hurt and being injured. And I think that he came out there and and, and he had some one thing on his mind. Now I'm not saying he did it by himself because Middleton played well. They had some good key yeah, parts, yeah. but I I thought that they had the best team left. You know, now don't get me wrong, Phoenix had a team, but CP he, he he's getting old, and then you know Booker's coming. He's a, he's a superstar. He's he just showed you he's a superstar, and then they got Big Boy down there. They're good, but yeah. I think that with the core that Milwaukee had, they had some veteran guys and they were tough and they guarded pretty solid. I just, I thought that if the Nets uh, was healthy, they would have won it, but they wasn't. That's the name of the game. And I thought that Milwaukee was the best team. And like Greek Freak, he just took over. I mean, he, he took over, you know, and, yeah. I, and I like that. Yeah, I honestly agree with that. If the Nets would have stayed healthy, you know, they would have ran through um everybody, but we all know in any sport, right. the team that's the healthiest usually wins the championship. And the Bucks, they were the healthiest. Uh they came out and they played like they wanted it. Right. You know, especially uh Giannis. He that that game six, you could tell from start to finish that it was gonna be his championship to win. Right. And he took it, he took full advantage of the opportunity. And I think that's what people um loved about him. Right, you know, that's what I like that. And that guy, you got to take into consideration that guy was airballing free throws, and this dude went seventeen for eighteen in that final game. He know? sure did. You know, so when he was making free throws, I was like, "Oh no, no, they're not losing." Because I think if he would have went back to Phoenix, Phoenix might would have won in seven. You know, I, I I would think that, but but the way he played in them last two games, I was like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, he's not letting it happen." You know, he's not gonna let it happen, but. Uh, he when he went seventeen for eighteen, I knew it was over with. It was over with. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Well, Mister Bubba Wells, man, I I really appreciate you coming on. Um, do you have any last words uh, just for the people out there? Anything that's on your mind? You just want to words of encouragement or anything like that? 
Well, you know, you know, with the situation with COVID, you know, and everything like that, I just want everybody to be safe, you know, um, uh, make sure that you uh, still take precautions and because it's still out there, you know, and it's going to be out there unless everybody gets vaccinated and, and everything. Now, you know, I took 62 tests. We had to take three tests a week for the season last week. So, I mean, oh. last year. So like we, I took 62 tests last year. Now, wow. I took, I'm not, I'm getting a shot. I'm not doing that. Sticking that thing in my nose two times again. <laughs> so, so, but like, I just want everybody to stay safe. I've had a couple friends just get out of the hospital with it. And now they was like, man, I'm going to get this shot. I wasn't going to get it, but now I got to go get it, you know, but you know, I'm not telling people to get the shot, but I'm just telling people to be safe, you know, and I think that's a big thing. And, 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 uh, and I really just want people to be safe and not, you know, cause there's a lot of people leaving here, you know, so. Be be safe and uh, make sure you just do, take precautions and still wear your mask. Right, definitely. Okay. Uh, Mr. Bubba Wells, um, is there any way that people could find you, follow you, social media, anything like that? Man, I don't do all that social media. I'm old school, man. I'm country, man. So I got a Facebook. You know, you can look me up, Bubba Wells, on Facebook, but that's about it. I'm on Twitter. But my daughter was like, I sent you a message. And I looked down there. She doesn't send me 12 messages. So, I don't <laughs> even... <laughs> so I'm not really on that social media and all that Instagram and stuff like that. I, I don't do it. But like Facebook, call me. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know, call me or text me or something like that. That's just how I am. Well, Mr. Bubba Wells, man, I appreciate you coming on. And for the people out there, uh, follow Drinking After Dark podcast on Facebook and on Instagram. Once again, thanks for coming on. And everybody, we're out. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Gotta get to the money. Gotta get to the money. Uh huh. Early morning, so you know that I'm on. So you know that I'm on. Gotta make sure that my family's Get to the money, get to the money, uh-huh.